All right, so here we are. Um, you can see by my uh, mantelpiece that it's Christmas season now, and uh, probably not when you're hearing this, but uh, anyway, it's kind of a special season where we remember uh, that God sent his only begotten son. He became one of us. He's on a quest for love. We're on a quest for love. Hey, we should get together. And so that's the first thing that we looked at. Um, the quest is a quest for love, to love and be loved. This is no surprise to God. God created us for himself. And so his quest and our quest are exactly the same quest. Isn't that cool? And then the other thing is Jesus is king. Uh, all, of the, all of the prophecies are of a coming king. And uh, a king who's coming back again, as a matter of fact. So there's a king who comes once and returns. And uh, because he's a king, we have a kingdom, not a religion. Okay, so we look at that. And if you take both of those things now, and you, you see we're on a quest for love, and that Jesus is a king, all right, both of those things together require of us an act of surrender. We surrender our lives to him because that's what lovers do. If you want to remain alone and you want to have your way and you, you're not interested in love, you don't need to think about surrender. You can just live by yourself. You can do what you want. You never surrender to anybody. But if you want to enter into any kind of love relationship, it requires a certain amount of surrender, trust, and surrender of you, your will, your, your desires, and you're putting those things at jeopardy because you're letting somebody else come into your personal, intimate life. Okay, so that's an act of surrender. But then to think about him being king, um, a king means that you're going to give him the authority to speak into your life whenever he wants. So he's the one from above, we are all from below. He is from a superior point of view. He sees things as they truly are, and it's appropriate for us not to tell him what to do, but for us to surrender our lives so that we're gaining from him how to live life properly and what would even be the goal of our lives. He gets the right to speak into those areas of our lives because he's king. So both of those imply an act of surrender. Now this can be really daunting when we're facing it for the first time. And I want to just say some, uh, a couple of things um, uh, to, to hopefully make it a little less daunting for you. Uh, not quite uh, as much of a steep first step. Um, surrender is something I had to do, for example, when I started dating girls. Now, that was some time ago. You know, I may have forgotten a thing or two, but there were cer certain things that I do remember. And that was, that was how, how almost frightening it was uh, to go out on my first date. Because, you know, guys are guys, you know, and they're, they're just easy to understand. But a girl is different. 
And, you know, I'm, all of a sudden I'm concerned about how to treat this creature who's different from myself. And uh, I just can remember my first date. I was nervous as all get out. It was a big, steep first step. You see what I'm saying? And yet I wanted to do it. Why? Well, because I was looking for love. I was, and I believed I could find it. And so the, the search for love overwhelmed the fear and the anxiety of getting to know a person who's different from myself. And uh, I can say to you uh, absolutely that though God is different from us, he is well worth getting to know for all the same reasons that boys and girls start dating each other and really, really are motivated to, uh, to find out about each other and develop a relationship. It's the same thing exactly, to love and be loved. But it's different. The story I just told is different when we're approaching God, and that is because God is what, as C.S. Lewis called it, a higher level of being. He's a higher class of being than we are. We are mere humans. He is God. And so because Jesus is king, he's, he's not coming to us as exactly just a, uh, a buddy or a pal. He's, he's really a higher level of being. He is God, and we are not. And so that's going to mean that we learn from him rather than telling him what we think he should do. It, it's, a lo, it's, a, it's a lower class of being and how we relate to a higher class of being, as C.S. Lewis used to put it. And so that implies a surrendered life, but the rewards are so enormous. Um, and uh, let me tell you about myself, just my own story. Um, I remember back in 1972, uh, the people who were discipling me uh, were telling me, let go and let God. That was the way they put it uh, time and time again. You know, you just got to let go and let God. And so this was the way they uh, encouraged me to just give my life to God and surrender it to him. Now, that was together with receiving the Holy Spirit, which is our next lesson. So it's kind of a dynamic duo. It's a combination of two things that more or less go together. But boy, the surrender uh, part was uh, such an important part of it. Now, at that time, I was just a young pastor and uh, very nervous uh, around. I so wanted to please people. I wanted people to like me. And I'd get up in front of people, and I was really nervous. And I was so nervous and so unsure of who I was and what I was doing in front of a church that I started to get an ulcer. And it was diagnosed by my uh, physician and gave me some stuff to take. And, you know, I'm just telling you how it was for me. And uh, so then I decided to let go and let God, like they were saying. I decided to receive the Holy Spirit and, and surrender my life to Jesus Christ. And one of the first things that I noticed was that the pain in my stomach was disappearing. And people would start saying, you're so much more relaxed. What's happened to you? I mean, people noticed it. 
that he had given me a peace that came from surrendering my life to Jesus, really, truly surrendering it, saying you can have it. And so um, it's not just some horrible thing that you think about, oh, if I surrender my life to God, what's he going to make me do? You know, all that kind of thinking. Hey, don't worry about that. It's He is there to minister into our lives and release us from our anxieties and our cares and our nervousness. Letting go and letting God is one of the greatest things that can happen in a person's life. So um, let me just say, uh, it's, it's, it's more like what Jesus says. You know, we have, a, we have an idea of a king as someone who's going to, you know, uh, boss us around. And that's because human kings might do that. But Jesus is a different king from any other kind of king. He redefines the whole idea of kingship. And uh, let me read this to you from Matthew 11 and starting at verse 28. And see if you can find this in your Bible and, and read along with me. Uh, this is what Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Okay, so there's a, there's a destiny or a yoke or a calling, uh, a new purpose for living, but it's not burdensome, heavy, uh, hard, uh, and then he says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Now, that's a different kind of king. Um, you will find rest for your souls. This is exactly what I was discovering. Um, even though I wasn't uh, going through a lot of horrible, horrible personal problems, things were going okay for me still. Um, for me, surrendering my life to God was a an enormously beneficial, almost immediately beneficial act to do. And I, I want to encourage you to consider that uh, during this meeting or sometime this week to just take stock of the things that are burdening you down and surrender. Let go and let God. I think of a lady um, in my very first church. Um, this is after I became not an assistant pastor, but my own. I had my own church now and during the first several years, a lady came to church, and uh, um, I could tell that she had a lot of problems. Uh, her name was Ruth, and uh, I went and visited her, pastoral visit, the first uh, day after, after she was there at church, heard me preach, and um, she had actually purchased a tape, a cassette tape, of the sermon, and she said she was going to um, more or less lock herself into her apartment and uh, listen to that tape. And she was going to uh, listen to music that her, was her favorite music because she needed to get free of alcohol. Uh, she, I could tell by looking at her, she was an alcoholic to end all alcoholics. I mean, this lady had been abusing alcohol for decades uh, she had cirrhosis of the liver. She, uh, her, her, her brain was fried. I mean, it was just, she was in a bad way. And you could just look at her and say, this is an alcoholic. You know what I'm talking about. And so 
She did that. I don't know what I preached that day, but she had this tape and she had her favorite Christian music that she was going to listen to. She locked herself in her apartment. And by the end of that time, she had surrendered her life to God. And the Lord responded by removing the desire for alcohol, came and replaced that with himself. I'm telling you, when you surrender your life, I mean, you really do it. God responds in ways to show that he has peace for us. He has a reward for us. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so seeking him means we give up some stuff that we want and we go after him instead. That implies a surrender. Now there's a there's two extremes. I want to I want to sh- kind of show you that there's a different ways of surrendering. Um, some people are like my uh, grandson. My grandson, one of them, <laughs> when he goes swimming uh, in a swimming pool, he loves to jump in at the deep and and do a cannonball. So see how many people he can splash on the sides, you know, who aren't swimming, and. That's the way he likes to go in and get used to the water. He just he just goes in the deep end and it's a big splash and it's done, you know. But now I have a granddaughter who is um, different from that. Uh, she goes down to the shallow end. She dips her toe in the water. She says, ooh, it's cold. And then she just very slowly wades in. Now she's going to get to the same place as my grandson. And they're eventually going to swim, and it's going to be this exactly the same experience. But it's two different ways of getting used to the water, okay? And that's the way surrender is also. Some people are ready to jump in and surrender it all, and, and it's done. And they're going to learn how to give it all to Jesus without any trouble because they're ready and that maybe it's their their nature and their character. It's just the way God has them right now. But other people, it's not going to be that easy. And here are four factors that I think influence how we surrender. So think about this. Look at your own life. See if any of these factors are true of you. And it may make you a person who will take a longer time in the surrender process. It's a process, okay? It can be quick, it can be slow, but what's important is that we start. We start with the surrender of maybe something important in your life or in my life that we're dealing with that what is needed is just to surrender the thing to God. So we have to start somewhere, and I'm I'm inviting you to... um, to try it, okay, to just get started, whether fast or slow, easy or hard. And uh, and here are some factors now that may make it difficult for you. Uh, One is you don't surrender your life to someone that you don't think really loves you. So if you've not experienced God's love, you don't think that he's very loving, The question would be, uh, why don't you think that he's loving? And one of the factors is um, the way your parents have been with you. Okay, so I learned uh, some time ago from a guy named 
John Sanford, um, that we model our idea, we have an inner idea of God, that from the time we're little children, we're, we're modeling him after our parents. So our parents are our first impression when we're very small of how God is. Um, I, I believe this is just natural. It happens naturally. We're not even aware that we're that we're thinking like this, but it just is the way people, uh, the way we do. And so, uh, if your parents were not loving towards you, if they weren't warm and affectionate and caring like that, um, it's likely that you will think of God in those terms. And it's going to it's going to be a while as you're surrendering one thing and then you discover God responded, wow, pretty good. So uh, I'll try it again with something a little deeper or a little harder. And then he responds. So he's proving his love for you. We have to graduate from our parents to God. And our parents are obviously, they're going to be, there's, there's going to be shortcomings in our parents. They're not perfect. Um, some parents are less perfect and less like God than others, though. Um, I, I, I think of, for example, Ephesians 5, which talks about how the, the father and the mother are modeling out Christ and the church. And so that that's a little hint that, you know, when we're growing up in a household, um, we're just learning how Christ loves the church. And that's the, the model of father and mother are, are a model of God. You see what I'm saying? So if, if your model wasn't good, uh, it might take you a little longer. Um, I think, for example, military families, um, I'm not saying that military families don't have love. Many do, but sometimes you get a kind of chain of command idea. You get this in uh, Confucian uh, cultures, too, where there's very strong emphasis on the authority of the father and people subservient to the father of the household. But is there love? That's the question. And sometimes that replaces love or Islamic households where the very word Islam means submission. And oftentimes in Islamic households, not every case, but oftentimes the emphasis is on just obeying and submitting, and um, there's not a model of love. And so there are uh, whole cultures where parents aren't, don't really even think about loving their children that much. Um, and so uh, if you've grown up in a household like that, it's going to take you a little longer to trust that God is a God of love for you. Come to me, all you who are burdened and who are weary and I will give you rest. I love you. I care for you. I'm, I really have the best for you. But do we believe it? You know, that's the, that's the issue. So um, that would be one factor. Uh, this, the impression that we have of God, whether he loves us. Of course, he sent his only begotten son before, you know, before we loved him. While we were yet sinners, he sent that. You know, he loves us in advance. And that's the whole point of sending Jesus. He's, he's, he's proclaiming his love. And we're going to see that a lot more as we go along. Now, the second thing that I think is a factor in surrender 
and that is, how intellectual are you? Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, this was my big problem. Um, I was a, just a sharp seminary graduate. Um, I did very well in seminary. I, I did the theology thing very, very well. And I got the intellectual parts. And intellectual people tend to be skeptical. They, they tend not to believe things. They don't want to be accused of being gullible. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's like we want to test everything. We're supposed to test things. Um, but then uh, sometimes we go overboard. So, you know, I had a, a lady disciple me um, uh, that I, I've shared with you about if you've, if you've looked at some of the introductory video, videos here. Um, and poor Willie, you know, she was dealing with a, uh, an arrogant and skeptical seminary student. And I literally put her in tears sometimes. And finally, I said, well, maybe intellectuals like me just can't do this. You know, and she said, Doug McMurray, you should be ashamed of yourself for even thinking that. You know, she, she really had to deal with me. You know, I was so intellectual. And, you know, what I have to say is, there, if, you're, if you're dealing with your quest, you will never attain the quest if you're not willing to accept certain things by faith and enter into a relationship and just saying, I'm, I'm just going to stop questioning this and I'm just going to try it. So that means surrender. You know, if it's the king, you got to surrender. And there's no way around it. You can talk your way out of this till the cows come home. But uh, eventually it's, it's an act of surrender in spite of all your intellectual questions. The third thing is strong-willed people. Some people are strong-willed, let's face it. Um, other people aren't, but the strong-willed ones, they just have gotten used to having their way down to the last detail, and when they can't have their way, there's all this drama. And uh, um, sometimes uh, those people have the very hardest time um, you know, here's jailhouse conversions because they've tried everything and instead of the right thing uh, because they want to have their way. And uh, unfortunately, uh, if you're going to know God, there, there comes an act of surrender. You've got to realize that you're killing yourself with your strong will. Now, strong-willed people are... Um, Precious to God, they're, they're precious in God's sight. Um, but his will must take precedence over our will in the end. And uh, here's what I have to say about that. Strong-willed people oftentimes, in the end, make the strongest leaders. And so don't give up on yourself. If you're a strong-willed person, recognize you probably got a high destiny on your life. So let's go on. Uh, the fourth thing that, that influences the way we're going to surrender, uh, whether slow or fast, is how much of a mess have you made of your life? Uh, some people have really, really messed it up um, and, and have learned, uh, God, just take my life and make something good out of it. If you can do this, you're a miracle worker and I give it all to you. Would you just, 
would you straighten out my messes and, and make my life something good? And uh, people who have, uh, have reached that point in their lives tend to surrender their lives real quick. And they're ready to learn whatever God would teach them. So those are the factors that, um, as far as I can tell, are the main factors I've learned over the years. You know, 35 years as a pastor, I've helped dealt with a lot of people. And I, I just believe these are the main things. And, uh, you know, be easy on yourself. If, if you have a hard time surrendering your life, um, just let yourself be slow about it. That's all right. But start. Get started. That's my point. Get started. Recognize that this is really a necessary uh, uh, process in actually getting to know God. And along with the surrender comes inviting the Holy Spirit into your life. They kind of go together because the main reason we don't do that is we haven't surrendered our lives and we don't want any Holy Spirit coming in and uh, taking over. So um, Holy Spirit um, is going to be our next teaching.